Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 210 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today is uh, Cliff Berg, uh, newly um, not a correction officer. Now he's the uh, owner um, of CB Electric and Handyman Services. But this, and again, Cliff, not obviously you didn't just start this company. You've been doing this company, but you told me right before we went live that now you're full-time doing this. Correct. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, for people that do not know you, I always like to start off this way. Who are you? How'd you get to be? How'd you get to be the owner of CB Electric and Handyman Services? Well, uh, it all started in high school. Uh, I went to to uh, CB Tech in high school uh, for electrical. And uh, you know, as the years passed, I pretty much went from electrical building trades to security, back to electrical, then back to security, and uh, you know, I eventually started doing. Um, working for like Warren Electric and I did the rebuild at the Comfort Inn after it burnt down. Um, Aldi's, I was a foreman for that. And then uh, I got a little bit older, met my wife and uh, we started, she would tell me one day she was pregnant so I had to be a big boy and uh, find a job quickly and uh, I decided to become a correction officer and uh, that was back in 2015 and probably 2019, I started CB Electric doing this on the side because I had a lot of free time working at the prison. And the last three years, it's been incredible. You know, it started off, you know, I was making okay money. And this year, I, you know, I, I averaged pretty good. And I was talking to my wife. I was like, I'm ready to walk away and start go on my own. So the idea to, um, to go off on your own, what, what's, your, what's your feeling right now on this? Scary, excited, um, um, pumped, sad. <laughs> not sad. I want to say sad, but uh, like, what, what's the, what's the emotions you're feeling now that you're officially full time? Uh it's a, it's definitely scary. It's a it's a new adventure. Um, it's definitely exciting to be my own boss and don't have anybody to report to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting in my truck and I'm looking out and I'm like, man, this is this is great. And every day is something different. You know, a different challenge and a different opportunity. How is, um, cause I think what most people, if they go from like a secure job and I would say being a CEO is a pretty secure job, state job, you have obviously your pension, you have, you know, a steady paycheck, you know, you have job security. Well, for the most part you have job security, um, in that field. But, um, you know, I, I know a ton of, I mean, obviously we've all lived up here for, I've lived here my whole life as have you. And it's like, we, you know, CEO is, I think, isn't it the highest or it's the, largest employer in the area or is it cvph it's one of the two it's one yeah or two. i mean pretty much up here you're either a correction officer a nurse or a trooper yeah and, and i think that you know the the idea that a lot of people do go into corrections but you know i don't want to generalize but i don't find a lot of people that go into corrections like love the job i think they love what they get from it i think they love the outcome of it 
uh, regarding pay and benefits and time and things like that. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people, when they do leave that and they go into some type of, um, you know, side business or, tr- or be able to take the side business, side hustle, turn it into a full-time gig, I feel a lot of them feel like they have like a, a renewed like sense of purpose in regards to work because it's, you are able to be out and about and, and see people and work normal hours and, and, uh, you know, it's not like punch in, see the same walls and punch out. And I, but with that comes the idea that you're your own, you know, your own boss, your own supervisor, whatever, whatever you have it. Um, I at least know in my industry, a lot of people get in our industry for that because, Hey, I am my independent contractor. I can do my own thing and it's great. Easy to get into. Most people don't last because of those exact reasons, because they're not disciplined enough to, um, or they're not hard enough on themselves to produce as if someone else was telling you to do so or supervisor or whatever. So how do you find that's been, I obviously it's new, but you've been doing this on the side, you know, up to this point. So how do you think you'll figure, uh, how do you think you'll navigate that? Like, are you are you someone that's very, you know, self disciplined? Hold yourself accountable. Uh, do you find that something you might have to work on? Like, where's that fall? No, uh, for <clears throat> for the last couple of years, you know, I'm I'm trying to make myself not the typical handyman that you see coming with a, a rusted old truck and you know dirty and you know I'm sure if you want this guy in your house, you know, uh, integrity and professionalism is something I'm going after, you know, so. I pride myself on going on social media. I'm on pretty much every platform there is. I do. I heard TikTok, so yeah, some yeah. dancing. Yeah, I do a lot of giveaways. Um, I'm going to social events, networking, part of the chamber, soon hopefully being part of the Rotary, ADKYP. Mm-hmm. You know, just I'm out there shaking hands and I'm getting to know people. So I want people to know my name, recognize my, my business. To be like, oh yeah, I know, I know an electrician, you know, I, I know a handyman that, you know. Well, and, and I, I think one of the twofold, number one, anybody in your line of work and I, you know, there's, we'll go down kind of the list of services after I know there's some stuff and we'll dive into it, but you know, typically right now it's very hard to find contractors it's fine. And it's even harder to find good, reliable contractors that are showing up when they're supposed to show up or say, and I say when they're supposed to, when they say they're going to show up and then. You know, and there's some issues, obviously, with um, supply chain and things like that. And that's out of your control. You know, if you order something, hey, it's back back order, then I can't do it for another two months or whatever. But I, I do find, like, my line of business is hard to get people out in a timely manner or people go out and do what they say they're going to do. And I find that a lot of, again, another very general generalized concept, a lot of people that are, are handy in the trades sometimes aren't necessarily handy or, or skilled enough in the, the organizational aspect of it. And I've always thought if somebody can marry those two or someone that's really good at the trades is also very on, on top of the ball from the, on the back end, the sky's the limit for that person. Right. I mean, do you, what, what's your thought being in that industry? Is that true? Or is that like, am I skipping a lot of stuff there or you think it's not as bad as it seems? No, it is bad. Um, I think for, last couple decades um even when we were young and they really focused on telling students you know you need to go to college if you're going to do anything you know what i mean so they didn't really focus on the trades so here we are in 2022 and there's not many tradesmen out there mm-hmm. you know if, if they are they're probably that 60 year old guy that's you know 
still kicking along and, you know, making a nickel. But uh, <laughs> the trade is is remarkable. I mean, the feeling that to complete something and make something happen for a customer is so rewarding and gratifying. Well, I think, and I've, I've had people on before. We talked about, it, um, it, how, Cliff, how old are you? I think I, I had it here. 35. 30. Recently had your birthday too. I did. Happy birthday. Um, so, so recently turned 35. Yes. Okay. So we're, we're about the same age. So um, when I was in school, same thing, like CV Tech, I found that kids that went to CV Tech, people looked down on as like, hey, they can't stick it out in you know chemistry or they can't stick it out in algebra or whatever. And of course, you have no, you know, when you're when you're a teenager, you have no recollection. Like you're just no concept. Like hey, whatever. Just I'm doing the books because that's what you've learned for at this point, probably ten years, and then uh, or ten years at that point in their life. But the people that go to trades because we don't see it up close, and then all of a sudden you get into the real world and you're like, oh, I really wish I could do my own electrical or do my own plumbing or do my own heating or HVAC. And and I think, you know, I, I'm hoping over time that stigma starts to change. And I, th- I feel like it's changed a little bit. I don't, I'm not again in that field enough, but I feel like something like CV tech, unless you are dead set on, you know, something you want to do in college or that next level, which most kids aren't right. In my opinion, you're better off going and learning a trade and figuring out what you want to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I'd rather go to college at 23, 24 years old, but I have a degree in or a certification in something in the trades that you can work throughout college and, and get, make very good money. Especially now, like you said that the, uh, our parents and grandparents generations that were very, like a lot of them did it mm-hmm. are retiring, you know, and, or no longer with us. And it's like, okay, well our generation doesn't have as many handy people. So guys like you that are part of that generation, like the demand is high, supply is low, and that bodes very well for uh, f- hopefully future business for you. For sure. Like, and one thing I do, you know, I like taking my son on, you know, on job sometimes and, or even at the house, you know, I'll be changing an outlet and I'll let him do the little covers. He's eight years old, but oh, I mean, yeah. like I'm his hero, you know what I mean? He wears yeah. my little CB electric shirt to school and he's like, my dad's an electrician. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's, <laughs> he's so proud of me and that's awesome. that feels good, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, and that's the thing, like, I, I don't think anybody that I ever remember ran around being like, Hey, my, my dad or, or brother or uncle or my aunt or whatever is in, you know, the electric field or a plumber because it just wasn't like a top of mind thing. But I think now it may, I don't know, maybe social media, maybe it's the idea that people are putting stuff out there and people are seeing it a little bit more, but I mean, Again, COVID, when people were essential, you guys were all essential, you know, and that's right. the thing where when you start really looking at it, it's like at the end of the day, like you need heating, you need your electric, you need, and everybody that owns a house is going to run into one of those problems throughout the year without fail. Like it's just a house, right. things happen. So um, I, I don't know. I just think that more people should look into the trades if you have no clue as to what you want to do. Because the other thing is why rack up student loan debt? When you, sure. To me, when you just go to a trade school. Now, CV Tech, can people, do you know if people can go to CV Tech outside of like the high school age? Yep. yep. They, used, they, they used to courses? have adult courses and stuff. It's like a year long versus a two year. Like, part of me wants to go like learn one of those skills just to have it. Because I, I like it. To me, the, uh, actually, let me ask you this. What's, what's, the, what's one of the best parts about your day today? Just not reporting to anybody. Uh. <laughs> well, well, I guess like I, I, in, like the work wise, like like I always find when I'm doing house projects 
and I consider myself like a YouTube uh, weekend warrior. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not very, you know, I, I get by, but I would never do my own electric, you know? Right. So, but to me, the idea of just like, you're thinking, but you're not really having to think like you're, you're thinking you're problem solving, but at some at a certain point in time, it ends up just becoming kind of a monotonous maneuver. Um, and to me like that, just like quiet mind, just relaxing, maybe listening to some music or a podcast is just very relaxing. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's gotta be a, one of the good benefits of the job. Yeah. That's one thing I do. I, I lately the last few weeks, I've been actually making it priority to listen to a podcast a day. And uh, to answer your question before about today, uh, I won't say names or anything, but like, for example, I went to a house and they had a child that was on a respirator and they need to remodel everything. And I'm doing electrical for that and adding a new sub panel for them. So <clears throat> if something happens, everything is ran on that one sub panel. And just, just me really thinking about like, how can I do this? So it's absolutely safe. And, you know, so what I do gives this family a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that feels good. You know what I mean? And I take pride in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in that situation when it's, it's, uh, obviously they're in a position where the child's not super healthy, which we're both dads at this point, you know, that's mm-hmm. probably our worst nightmare or something like that with our child. But, um, I think, you know, I think the idea of you can go in and, and like typically if someone calls the electrician or a plumber, or anybody in the trades, sometimes it's a major deal. Like I have no heat like that. Yes, that's a major deal. Sometimes it's minor and just saying this has to be fixed, but it's just like that nagging thing in the back of your mind that you know you probably can't do it. And that once somebody fixes it and it's just like it's done, it's just like one less thing on my mind. You know, and that's me as like a homeowner or or if you're a landlord or if you're you know a business owner and you own the building or property. Like sometimes it's just nice like you trust somebody, it's done, it's done correctly, and you don't have to worry about it. There's some, I, I don't know, it's just a level of like peace of mind that's like just one one thing off my plate, even though it's not physically doing it, but just you're, you're still worrying or focusing on it. Um, so regarding um, services, obviously electric, uh, the electric, electrician, but what else do you do or are you comfortable doing or would like to get into? Yeah, so um, obviously my electrical work is what I know, is mm-hmm. you know, I'm mastering and... Uh, <clears throat> But we do bathroom remodels, um, we do painting, small plumbing. So the focus of the business is to do those things that when somebody calls a contractor, they go, oh, I don't have time to do that. That's, that's a small job. I don't want, I want to get into that. But people underestimate <laughs> you know, how much money you can make on small fixes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And no one can find anybody for do these, especially you being a realtor, mm-hmm. you know, and you looking for a guy like, hey, I need some outlets fixed and you're not going to get a luck brothers or, you know, these big corporations to have time to do that. So you need to find, you know, a professional handyman to come out and, you know, to evaluate everything. And Well, at least when I'm, when I'm dealing with stuff to me, the, the, uh, so two things, like I own an apartment building, I own a house, I deal with clients that own homes. Like we're not really looking for big job projects at all. Right. And me personally, I'm, I'm never on the personal side really looking for big jobs. So it's, you know, trying to find someone that's a handyman. Like I have, you know, names of some people, like kind of one-off people, um, but they all have different skill sets. I have one guy who's been fantastic at one of my apartments, but he's the first one to tell me like, and I don't feel comfortable, you know, putting this in or doing that. So then what happens is naturally that, um, you know, ends up dragging on, dragging on, dragging on. And I mean, for you, 
when you say like a small project, are you looking at, you know, what's the scope of the work on that? Or where would that class or fall under? Um, you know, painting a room, remodeling a small bathroom, um, hanging light fixtures, changing outlets, uh, faucets, sinks, windows. Um, I'm not building decks or additions or anything like that. Um, small drywall patches, things like that. Hang a TV, pictures. Um, so but when you said like, um, like when you said a bathroom remodel, like mm-hmm. what, to what extent would you do a bathroom remodel? Pretty much everything. So you would go right, you would gut it right down and yep. do the whole thing. So, but that would still be considered to you a small project. Yeah. Like a smaller, like a smaller bathroom, you know, say it's like a, a nine by nine, you know, there's a toilet or a urinal or a mm-hmm. sink and, you know, take, gut it all out. Put a new floor down, paint. Put new so you're not out. doing like showers or anything like that. No, tiling. I don't. I don't do. I don't do the showers and I don't do tiling. That's pretty much all I don't do. Gotcha. So, so if somebody was looking more, like you said, kind of general things they don't have time for, that hey, like I can just go in and grab it and, and figure some stuff mm-hmm. out. So like I always look at like take this place. Like there's cracks like regarding plastering, taking wallpaper off, and painting. That's something that'd be like right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. and, and and typically when I find. Like we have minor electric or minor home inspection fixes. There's always a ton of electrical, and most of it, you know, when you're selling a 1970 home and it's they're running a home inspection from 2022. Yes, there's stuff that's going to come up in it because <laughs> yeah. it's not up to code anymore. But there's a difference between like being like I guess good question to ask you. We see stuff that's not up to code, quote unquote, what they're looking for in 2022. Does that mean that it's not safe or it's not as good as it probably could be now with just advanced technology are we talking about like a home inspection or? just a home in general like if somebody <clears> went in and said hey listen this type of uh you know outlet or doesn't or lacks a gfci or there's reverse polarity or there's something going on with which typically we know any electrician is going to go in and fix it and not really have to think twice about it it's just right. easy kind of an easy you know um job but a lot of that stuff at least in my opinion having seen all these inspections like that stuff is yes are there better ways to do it now? Are there more efficient ways and probably safer ways to do it now? Yes. Is that outlet or whatever from 1980, 1970, like gonna you know burn the house down? Like where would you where would you fit on right. like the level of like concern on that? So I mean, there's a lot of things that they did back in the day that obviously code has changed mm-hmm. over over the years. So like every house should have. A GFCI near 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 a, a water source or in a garage or someplace that can or be washer have, or yeah, something that have moisture in it. Uh, dryer vents, those old foil things that are behind your dryer, those are huge fire hazards. Actually, those are probably one of the number one causes of homes burning down is that and uh, uh, those little Eden Pure heaters that people plug into. Oh, uh, like that one right there. Yeah, like that one right there. <laughs> they're always telling me to yeah. turn it off. We're now getting to the season. I might actually crank that on, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that alone right there, I've seen that plugged in. I've seen like three of those plugged into one, into an outlet, and have a whole surge protector that's melted, you know. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So those do pump off enough that... They do pump up. I mean, are they safe to put like in a normal outlet and just run it? Depending on what you have uh, plugged into it. But if you have like a refrigerator and, you know, a bunch of other things that are plugged into the same circuit, mm-hmm. you know, you start heating things up a little bit. So when you're talking about like a circuit, cause I, I've seen places you go in, if somebody's running like the oven and then runs the toaster, like it's sh- short circuits, like what, yeah. what, uh, at what level does the circuit, does it have to do with the amperage of the house? Or does it have to do with a certain circuit breaker or yeah, a circuit breaker? So circuit, how uh, many amperage itself? goes into, into the outlet? You know what I mean? Like, so 
you'll see a lot of tripping going on in kitchens because people will have like uh, the new air fryers that are out now and mm-hmm. they'll have their microwave going. And when you turn all that stuff on, you know, it's just an overload and it has to trip. Um, Which is a safety, basically a safety mechanism. Right. right. So most homes will have GFCIs that are tied into other breakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, all your appliances in your kitchen should technically be on their own designated circuits. Um, like your microwave, dishwashers, garbage disposals, all those should be designated circuits. And typically they're not. Um, yeah. So if, like I had a years of, it was during COVID. So a couple of year, years ago, 2020, I went through and this was a big deal for me because I'm not an electrician by any means, but I went through and switched every single one of the outlets in the wall. Like just, I mean, the actual outlets. Um, and the, I mean, the plate covers were easy, but actually taking off the wires and rewiring them and putting in, um, you know, I did two-way or three-way switches. I did GFCIs. Like I was, it wasn't terrible because all the wires were there. I wasn't rewiring anything. Right. You know? So it was, very, it was a pretty basic project. Um, but going through, I learned a lot about it. But I would say like my kitchen, my house is 19. I think it was built in 90 or 91. Um, the way, like I know we have a GFCI in the kitchen, but I believe almost every single one of those is probably on the same circuit. Right. So nowadays, if you were to build it, they would all come off of different, they would have different lines running up to it. Now the GFCI outlet itself, would it still be on that same circuit, or would that be a totally different? Like, how was that work? Depends how they ran them. You can you can run up to four of them on a GFCI. So four separate <clears throat> circuits. Yeah. So you put a GFCI in, and then just regular outlets down the line. So on the back of your GFCI, you have line and load. So mm-hmm. line is the power coming from your panel, and your load is all sistering through the rest of the outlets that is on that circuit. Okay. So if something trips, you're using a can opener or something like that, and there was a spark or something that happened, it would trip, and that whole line would be out of power. So you'd have to go downstairs, uh, hit the breaker, or hit the button at the... The reset? Yeah. So there's a few different ways to do it now. So, like, basements are supposed to be GFCI protected as well. Um, so you could either put a GFCI button thing that's in the wall that you typically everybody knows about Mm -hmm. and there's a circuit breaker that's in the panel that does the same exact thing so Hmm. yeah i was gonna say the uh i mean just having having looked at enough like what happens so i have two outlets i'm just gonna be i'm selfishly talking about my house here because i want (laughs) to see the most but the two outlets that i have that are i cannot for the life of me figure out where the hell they go to like and I am assuming they're two ways. They're two way, but anytime I ever tried to plug anything in or use them, it never worked. I'd hook them all up, turn the lights on, they wouldn't go to anything. Like, what would that? What would be the cause of that? The outlets aren't working at all. Yeah, like so. I have two outlets in my mm-hmm. house. When I went through and did everything, there's two outlets in the same room that I believe were on some type of two way switch because I think you just hit them and they would turn on the opposite light. Okay. Um, but I hooked everything up, like looked at it, had all the lines or all the wires run to the correct spot. Did everything, flip, 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 nothing. Breakers are all on, nothing changes. Is What would be the cause of that? I mean, if one sounds like there's no power mm-hmm. going into those outlets, going to the switch, and but, yeah, it's hard to tell without looking at it. Yeah, well, no, that, cause it was <laughs> no. just like one of them, like, it stumped me. It was the only thing I couldn't figure right. out in the whole house. Cause, and I'm like, I was, for myself, I was pretty impressed when I was doing some of the, the more intricate, not just the single, the right. single way wires or uh, switches, um, or outlets, but for the life of me, I couldn't figure this out. And I believe I tested them and there was power coming to them, but then they wouldn't go to anything, which I don't know if that would be, 
Now, did you... Uh... Now, my first instinct would be, is, is it a floor outlet where it's like a lamp would need to be plugged in, but there was nothing like... I tested everything and there was nothing. Did you plug a lamp into it? Yeah. I put stuff in that would actually flip on. Did you put a new receptacle in? I uh, well, yeah, that's... Okay. Well, so... no, the receptacle, yes. The bottom row receptacles were there. Uh, and then the two switches I switched. I still have the part. Okay. They switched, but they didn't work. So they have uh, these little... On the outlet, there's these little brass things next to your screws. So, so on each screw, there's... On the silver side, that's where your neutrals yep. go in. On the brass side, that's where your hots go in. Yes. Okay. So there's a little tab in between those that you have to pull that separates power to for a switch. A switch outlet. So you pull that switch, and it will make half, half the outlet live, and the other power goes to the switch. So it will control. They don't really do that that much anymore. Yeah, I was say, homes, maybe that's but. it. Because I, I did put some some uh, two ways in, and and they were they were working. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just something I want to ask because I like it's still open, which is probably not a good thing. Like I just yeah, like, I mean we could keep talking about. It. I'm just going to charge you at the end. Of that's this. it. I was going to say <laughs> I'm running up my bill right now. The guy hasn't even looked at it. But the uh, but yeah, when you're looking at that, when you're looking at that kind of stuff, to me it's it's like little things like that. Like I'm I try to do it again. YouTube warrior, but those mm-hmm. are considered. I mean that's electric. So now I love troubleshooting. It's such a puzzle. You know what I mean? When somebody yeah. calls, I'm like, hey, I have a whole room out and. It's terrible when it's like a double wide or something like that, or a manufactured home because they run those wires everywhere. And so, well, I guess what's your process of troubleshooting something? I usually start out at the panel, um, and I'll obviously go into the room, I'll check everything, and I will take every receptacle cover off to see if there's any kind of loose connections or some wire has come off or come loose somehow. Um, on double wides, typically I usually find it in a lamp like in a hallway somewhere, so you know what I mean, where mm. something got disconnected or burned up. Like that was one that I had for me, Eden Pure, daughter plugged it in, and uh, it burned up the hot wire and the lamp down the hallway. So if you go, so you're going through every single receptacle, taking off the covers, everything. So a lot of this is out. just time. It's just like yeah. tedious work of like, let me figure where this out. So there's really no quicker or easier way to do it. I mean, sometimes it's easy. Somebody would be like, hey, my refrigerator is not working and, you know, there's no breakers tripped and I'll get there and it was a breaker that was tripped. You know what I mean? So Oh, so it has been that simple? Yeah, yeah it has been that simple. I mean, that's usually my first thing is I go down and see the breaker trip. So at least I'm at that level right. where I know to, they know to check that. Well, but sometimes the breakers trip and like people can't tell it's tripped because it kind of went halfway. You know what I mean? So. I try to explain that on the phone to him, but yeah, no. well, I guess it depends on level. So, I mean, I feel like some people are uncomfortable even like switching oh, a breaker. Very. People are scared of electricity, you which know, I've been it, hit a few times. But I mean, like it's for the most part, switching a breaker on and off shouldn't. There's is there much danger in turning that on and off? I mean, it depends if it, what's going on. You know, what I mean, um, if there's a loose connection and there's a wire hanging around, like I've seen it before. So when you put a um, the cover on a panel box or I've seen it before where people lost the screws and yep. they put drywall screws in and okay. they put the drywall screws in. And they go and they puncture it? They puncture a wire. And if it's a big wire enough, that can make that whole panel live. So when you touch the panel, you'll get shocked. And if it's a bigger wire, you can get electrocuted. Uh, what's the level of shock that you felt before? Uh, 220. 220 is... Is that pretty high for yeah. on the scale? Yeah, it's... Uh, Didn't it feel good? It doesn't feel good. Yeah, it'll make you take a deep breath and stop from it. it gets you all tingly and really yeah it could definitely kill you you know what i mean how but, long does it take to get, get regulate off of that so 220 you're talking at this like a dryer vent or yeah. like a fridge vent well not vents but yeah or not vent, i mean the outlet the outlets itself yeah. but yeah 
generator hookup thing like that yeah what's the most powerful in, in a house generator typically no your main your main power is coming in what like you mean two, yeah yeah coming in from the pole um so when someone has a 200 versus say 100 amp mm-hmm. what how much more power is it two to one is that really how you look at it or is yeah, it yeah i mean that's typical what it is today for residential 200 amp service mm-hmm. but i mean you can add actually another 200 amp sub panel so you can add up to a 400 and what would be the purpose for that? Why would someone do that? Uh, more additions, um, outside pools. Those are if people want sub panels. They just they have a pavilion out back and a new pool room, or you know, they're finishing their basement off and they don't have room in their main panel, so they need to. Expand. So, so the two hundred amp is how do they classify that? As, or why is something a two hundred amp? When you look at it, is it just the amount of circuits? Because typically it's a bigger uh, panel box, but like it's mm. just how many circuits you can actually put in there, or is it? No, you put up like the 40 circuits, you know, that are, you know, you have your 20 amp uh, circuits that are pretty much your regular. Um, the your wall outlets. Wall and stuff. outlets, things like that. Um, your lights can be 15 or 20. Uh, your dryer will probably be your uh, 30 to 40. Your oven will be like a 50. It takes about 50. So, so but in total, you could add up the 200 ballpark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you need a sub panel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can you can go up to four hundred. You know, what I mean, technically within that sub within that one panel within that one panel, but that's as high as you can really go. Um, so when you typically go in and look at, you know, you always, of course, I, I see this at homes. So you go and you'll see like the panel box, and it feels like there's like three hundred wires coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Majority of those, I'm assuming, are just old wires that haven't been cut out, or no? Do they all serve a purpose? No, sometimes sometimes people like double tap. That's something that you probably see yep. a lot with the home inspectors. So double tapping means that somebody's running multiple things on one breaker, which would cause an overload or circuits to trip or things like that. So they'd have to just get a new circuit, run the other mm-hmm. the other tap wire, whatever, down to that one? Yeah, if there's room. If yeah. not, they're going to have to either find those little mini, mini uh, circuits that have two mm-hmm. uh, tandem circuits, they call them, and... Uh, you stick it in there so they have a double circuit. But if you don't have room for that or the panel can't handle that, you have to put a sub-panel in. Um, so how does the sub-panel work in the back? If you put a circuit in, is the circuit connected to a main, to the circuit, and then from the circuit it goes out? Yeah. Uh, like the back edge? I guess the part you can't see? Typically, you run, say you want to do a 100-amp sub-panel. Mm-hmm. You put a 100-amp breaker into the main panel. You'd run your, your two-op going over to um, the sub-feed, and that's what powers that panel. And then you can add all this, just a total up and add the circuits and yep. the circuit line would run out to wherever. Yep. Um, so when you're going through and like having to rewire, say a house at that mm-hmm. point, I mean, how have you had to do that before? Yep. So what's that? I mean, are you cutting, I'm assuming you're cutting through like sheetrock and you're, you're like, oh, can you go up through the, the, the yeah, walls? Yeah, it, it depends on the construction of the house. You know what I mean? Um, I obviously like it better when they're, I guess, have studs, mm-hmm. um, but then you know, you have to fish lines if there's not. You have to drill a little hole in the ceiling and in the walls so you can fish your lines. And, you know, you see a lot of that when people want to put can lights or something into kitchens or, you know, in their living room. I was going to say, is there an easy way to, like, if you're trying to want, run a wire, like, say you're trying to want, run a wire, um, let's say you want to put a TV up and you want to have an outlet up on the wall and mm-hmm. not have some cords on the ground. Like, you typically would have to either conduit going in or you'd have to cut through the sheetrock yeah. and then cut. They actually make a, a piece, uh, this little like uh, outlet box that has the PVC that you put into the wall that goes down right by the floor. And uh, you can run your wires behind the wall like that. I've done that before too. <clears throat> oh, so the cuts are minimal at that point. 
Yeah, it would just you you measure, you measure your box and then uh, you just put your line through and you just tack it to the wall and the little wing boxes that will grab to the drywall. But but this is happening behind the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there there is like some easy ways to keep it like looking clean. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because you go in some places that they obviously new construction a lot of them just do that. Yeah, and then old construction it's not there and it's like okay how do you make it look halfway decent where you don't have like yeah. cords like floating across the wall and look just looking like crap. I mean the other thing too like conduit I know is easy but it doesn't look the best you know right. you try to keep it aesthetically a little bit nicer you know kind of running back but um so when you we start doing uh let's you know d- diving into like plumbing i mean where would you consider like is electrical your bread and butter and mm-hmm. all the other ones are you're capable of it but it's not as as fun for you I, it's all fun for me like i just as long as i can you know finish the job and <laughs> it's fun you know what i mean I, I don't try to put myself in a situation where i'm like Oh my God, I don't really know how to do this. You know, I try to do jobs that I know how to do, you know, but I also have guys that I can call on and, uh, that, you know, specialize, you know, in drywall or, you know, mm-hmm. major, major plumbing, but like to do sinks and hook up dishwashers and things like that. And I could run PEX lines in the basement and send a locate different location for a washer and dryer. If people wanted to, that's, that stuff's not a problem, but mm-hmm. to plumb a whole house, I might need a little help, but uh, basically, it's I got it. You do most of it, <clears throat> yeah. But um, I mean, is electrical the thing that you enjoy the most doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or just more of that's like your main background. That's my main background. That's what I'm more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the more you do something, the more you know, better you get. You know. Yeah, and and like regarding carpentry, like is that kind of the same thing? Falls into plumbing, like you. I mean, do you frame stuff up or is it more like, hey, if you want to, you know, maybe. Yeah, I'll put a wall up or something like that. And I have to do some framing with electrical as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To build a wall for, to put my panel on, you mm-hmm. know, so things like that. Um, the first, the first wall I ever did, I had to frame up was for the heating system I had to put in. I don't know how long it took me, but I guarantee you it took too long, <laughs> but it came out perfect. Like mm-hmm. it actually worked out good. But part of it was I was learning, you know, it's not the, like I said, I'm not, I'm not handy. I didn't grow up you know, learning all this stuff. But, um, over time as you own a home, you try to, you know, you try to problem solve it yourself first and, and, unless you have no time. But, um, I like one, I like doing it. Cause I think it's like you said, it's kind of the, the problem solving aspect, right. but you can also physically see it happen. <clears throat> um, like in my line of work, like people get into a home, but I really don't see people getting into a home. You know what I mean? Like right. the process is like, Hey, closing day. Great. Like, I don't actually see them moving their stuff in. I very rarely see like the after projects and all that, like here and there. But I always find like just putting that wall up and then seeing the whole system. I didn't put in the heating system, but just even putting the wall up was like, that's cool. Right. Like a couple hours ago, it was just, you know, it was a poured, poured wall. There was nothing down there. And, you know, for me, it was just learning all the little like, like I second guess myself because I'm like, I think this is right. But let me just really check and make sure like the three videos I'm watching all universally say this is what they do. You know, because I find there's always like little nuances that people do where you watch, at least my end, I'll watch a YouTube video, like every great uh, <laughs> household project guy. And then you find out that like they might just be skipping over something or they might just assume you know what you're doing. Right. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need like, I need like dummy down to like level one for me on some of these. And and this obviously has gotten better over time. So now I feel more confident just going and fixing something. Right. Like, you know, cause you just, it's, it's like anything else you do it once or twice. And like, okay. I kind of understand the concept behind it. So, um, like the electrical, had I not put those in, I'd have no clue what to talk. I mean, I still, I probably only know like 1% of what you know, but 
I would have known 0% of what you know right. probably. So besides the fact you need electric. So um, now regarding, um, you also put down pool opening and closing. So is that something you were trying yeah, to get into? Or is that- I, I was I was getting into that. I can do pool openings and closings, but I actually have a guy that I deal with and uh, he does that. So I don't really have time to do with a pool opening so much more anymore. Well, I guess that's, that's another question I had. If you... Do you ever plan on specializing or are you, do you like the idea that you like kind of being the general person because keeps like things general. different? So another thing, a big thing, I'm actually about to launch it. Uh, I'm offering a preventative maintenance subscription okay. for residential and commercial. Okay. Explain that. <clears throat> so pretty much what I'll go. So for residential, I have it right now starting up, starting at like a, uh, $195 a month. And I'll come to your house once a month for two hours, and I'll do all your preventative maintenance. You know, drain your water heaters, clean the gutters if it needs it so it doesn't dam up in the winter, mm-hmm. uh, ch- chimney cleaning, uh, draining water heaters, things like that, checking your smoke alarms, make sure all your outlets are, aren't loose or things like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess think it's, it's valuable to a customer because if some, one of these things goes bad, it's going to cost them thousands of dollars to have somebody come in once a month. I think is a, a good thing. Um, so, I, I was gonna say. So, what do most? So that's uh, general. You said uh, preventative maintenance. Correct. Um, do you, how often do you find that stuff like that? Because obviously it's a seasonality thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, you said the leaves, but you know, th- you do certain things in the winter. You do certain things in the summer. So this is now. Are you doing anything regarding? Um, you know, let's say someone does it and wants all their screens switched out or air conditioning switched out. Is that part yeah, of it? Yeah, I can do anything in that two-hour period that somebody wants me to do it. I'll do that. So for commercial, it's it's a little higher in price. And uh, I go for three hours. Mm-hmm. And I do pretty much whatever they want in that three-hour period. Um, same thing in residential, the two-hour period. If you want me to stay longer, obviously, I'll start charging by the job after that. But it's... Uh, I think it's going to be beneficial for anybody that runs a business or a home to mm-hmm. have somebody constantly keep coming in and make sure everything's up and running correctly. Um, and then, so I'm guessing that's the, the month, so the monthly membership to maintain your home multi-unit commercial space, that's, that's that right there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, what happens if you come in and say, hey, everything looks good or it's like, hey, this is a subscription person. And let's say I've been three months. Everything looks great. It's kind of a down month. They really don't have a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. I checked it a month. It's good for at least eight, know, six months a year. Like in that two hours, can they? Can you go in and just say, hey, like, want me to patch that up? Want me to do this? Want me to do that? Is for it sure. So it's just sure. kind of like whatever two hours, basically whatever you can go in and find in two hours, you're just going to go do. Correct. Okay. And then is that, is that I'm guessing materials are not on that. That's, that's more the labor portion. Yeah, that's the labor portion of it. But, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to re- rewire somebody's house. You know, you come every two hours once a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, there's going to be stipulations in it. But it's, uh, and that's pretty much in any, pretty much any small task or general maintenance, or, you know, something that I can take care of within a couple of hours, I'll do. Okay. And uh, just, is that new in this area? Do you think? Yeah, I haven't seen anybody. So it's kind of like that. you thinking outside the box. Yeah, like and how- uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be focusing on Lake Placid for, for right now, and then uh, I'm doing sending out mailing letters to everybody in, in uh, Placid, Scenic Lake area, and then uh, I'm going to do it here too as well. So where, where's the majority of your area? Is it more that way or up? Because you're no, I, I'm I'll go I'll go anywhere within like a 50 mile radius. 
Um, I'm actually doing a job next week in Glens Falls. Okay, so regarding like, uh, so regarding like Lake Placid, like what, what's what would be the draw to Lake Placid? Just the congestion of homes that are right there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Airbnbs up there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of property that uh, there's property managers up there. Uh, cash flow is big up there because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people that live in Lake Placid they they're either retired or they it's their summer homes or vacation mm-hmm. homes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they need someone that takes care of. Yeah, they're not there for six months of the year or right. something. Right. Um, so if you were, I guess if you were to go, say to some of these places, is like two hours. Do you think two hours would that cover most of the stuff that you think you would find? I think so. Over time, yeah. Because I'm guessing if this was something that you were doing, like the first couple times you go, you might be like, "Oh man, this is going to take more." Two yeah. hours or that's why I have it saying start, starting at 195 you know what I mean um, I think it depends on the size of the house you know what I mean it's gonna be different where if I'm going to a house that's 1200 square feet to a house versus you know 6,000 square feet you yeah. know what I mean so I mean and and but I'm guessing as you start to know the house better and better right. it's like okay the first maybe it's like hey I got two hours to do these two things those things can wait till next month I'll come back hit those up right. and then eventually I'm searched it truly is a maintenance thing you'll go around and be like I don't know. I, I switched one or two things. Got an hour. Like, let me just patch up this, or you know, spackle this, or I I don't know if you do outside, you know, maintenance on anything. Mm-hmm. But hey, let me just well, I clean up a little bit of the uh, or pressure wash something or whatever. So, do you just travel around with kind of like a just kind of a truck or, or a trailer kind of thing? Truck or trailer, yeah, yeah. So, if you're to go one of these jobs, I'm, I'm assuming you're packing quite a bit of um, like tool wise and material wise, just. Because whatever you run up against. Yeah, I mean, I have cases for plumbing, cases for my electrical. You know, I pretty much have a little bit of everything. And I stock a little bit extra stuff for, you know, drywall or parts. I mean, it's hard to stock parts because you don't know what you're running into. But so I can't really have an overhead for tons of parts that I may sit on for years. No, that's fine. Yeah, no, it makes sense too. Because you know what? Just, yeah, warehouse of just stuff that's <laughs> right. not being bought. It's probably not good business practice. Yeah, and the wife doesn't like my garage the way it is right now. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hear you there. So, um, but if you, uh, like, say you were to go in and hypothetically went, checked an hour, and like, man, I got like all these parts to get to finish the job. Like, is that something you just go grab, come back, and still spend an hour on the labor portion? Mm-hmm. Or is that all? Yeah. T- so yeah. I'd just be like, hey, let me just run to the store, grab it, but I'll spend an hour. We'll yeah, because each location typically has some kind of hardware store or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say Lake Placid, Plattsburgh. I mean, Peru, you'll hit something up. Um, and then, so painting and drywall too, that's kind of, uh, you know, regarding, I mean, that, that comes up quite a bit too when there's damage and mm-hmm. things. Like, would you do anything with regarding, I mean, we come across this a lot, but like mold removal. Like if you went in and had to cut out like some portion that had like mold to redo the sheetrock, like that's in your wheelhouse yeah i mean i could clean Provi- it I provided clean it's it, not like it's, super yeah it's gonna say sometimes we just clean the surface mold but if it ended up being like say it was chewing through something and it wasn't a bigger issue you could go and just finish that up yeah patch it out. i mean I, I would also you know have a mold guy come in you know to assess it i mean i'm not certified to tell you if it's mold or not you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i mean I, I do see that a lot especially with home inspection reports things like that yeah we get we get i mean there's a couple guys that do mold um you know scott sterling i've had on here before i know does a lot of like who do some mold testing and things but um i mean a lot of times we'll, we'll see it and people kind of just assume it's like we kind of know it's mold we mm-hmm. just want to get ahead of it and cut it out because worst case if it's not mold then we just new sheet rocks put there you know right. without whatever the damage would be um this is just something we come across 
for like inspection purposes. Um, but I would say a majority of stuff, at least that I see, is electric. It really is, yep. and a lot of it's tedious kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know a lot of it. But if you told me like what a double like double tap, like I don't know the the exact science behind it. But I understand like you can call an electrician; they're gonna be able to fix it. It's not right. like it's not a big project. It's not anything that's gonna stop you from getting the home. It can be rectified and, and, and fixed, and it's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg to do. Right. Versus some other stuff that you run into, you're like, oh god, you get a Boeing wall that's ready to kind of topple in. Maybe yeah, that might be yeah. you know a little bit of a problem or a septic just collapsed or something. Some all those fun things that you yeah, those you good. <laughs> yeah, as I said, no uh, anything like septics and stuff. You don't deal with any of that. No, no, no. But yeah, I was gonna say not a bad thing to stay away from. Yeah, <laughs> leave the specialists to do that stuff. Yeah. Um. So when it comes down to like, um, eighty kyp plastic noon rotary. Um. You mentioned uh, um, the chamber. Um. I mean. Was this something that? Because I—that's where I originally met you at. Was at one of those events, probably an eighty kyp event, I think. Yeah, I think it was eighty kyp. Yeah. So what? I'm trying to think if I don't think a lot of electricians or handy like handyman services ever go to any of that stuff. No, they I mean don't. you might you'd know better than I would, but I feel like that's something that's not utilized a lot. And I don't. I always wonder: is it just because most people are, you know. Because you see a lot of times you'll call contractors up and you're just being pushed out months and months and months where they're like, I don't need to go network. Like I have more business I can handle, which I do find in our area, obviously shouts very low supply of these of these right. trades. Uh, but I think there's a difference between just doing that and getting people. But I do think there's a benefit to going and meeting people, even if it's like, hey, I'm going to take a couple hours out of my day that yes, I could do a project that a lot of these you know other contractors would be doing, but going in and... and in my business, I call working on the business or in the business. Like if you're going and fixing a problem, that's working in the business. If you're going and networking to try to do something to build your company up, to me, that's working on the growth of the business. So is that something that you were always from day one focused on doing? Absolutely. So, I mean, like I've always been the type of guy, like for my real estate agents that I have, you know, I've always, how many handyman or contractors or electricians have walked through that door just to come talk to you? Like, Hey, this you know, I'm Cliff, and you know this is what I do. Just want to like know if you ever need anything. You know, it's just the initiative of and having the drive. To, you know, to put your feet down, head forward, and just go for it. You know, because I'm not trying to be just a one man show here. I'm a, my eventually goal is to start having a few different shops all around the area. Whether mm-hmm. I put a shop, I already have one here, but put one up in Malone or in Glens Falls. You know what I mean? And have a crew that. A franchise that starts happening so um so r- right now is it is it just you that does most of it yeah do you have any guys that help you out on the side yeah sometimes i have some guys that help me out some friends and stuff um actually zach yeah he, he helps me out quite often yep. and uh, i help him out um but i'm in the process of actually now doing my first interview here probably in the next few days and oh, wow. taking on my first guy and uh it's exciting you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's a little nervous like it's almost as nervous as me leaving the prison because now I'm going to be taking someone's livelihood in my hands and, you know, being responsible to. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, uh, I think anybody and I, I'm kind of still new to this aspect of it, but you know, when you go to hire somebody, I think a lot of people take it for granted and in the small, when you're at a small scale, you know, if you're one person, you have like one, like we, we only have a couple employees. So, you know, some places, you know, local small businesses have only a few employees and you realize that your employees are your greatest asset in your company. Sure. Um, you also know that they, 
um, typically require the most attention because they're people, they're not a system, they're not something, you know, not a, a digital or technology automation. It's, um, you know, that you're dealing with humans, you're dealing with personalities, emotions, everything else. And then you start going with the idea that now you have to ha let that person leverage you, but then you have to take that time that you've gotten back that you're paying for that time back to now, how do, can I use that time to make a bigger impact on my business? And I found that it's nerve wracking, like you said, because now it's like, oh, wow, I got to, I'm supporting this person and they're believing in me and they're trying to, and really when you're at, when you're the one cutting the checks, like you're at the top of that, you know, um, I, we, we want to call it a hierarchy or whatever, but you're the one that's ultimately responsible for all those people underneath you and saying, Hey, if I'm cutting you a check, you're obviously relying on me to make sure that that money's coming in. I think the hard part is I think a lot of people, if you're in that position, you know how hard it is. You know how hard it is to hire. You know how much of a um, uh, responsibility and investment, um, you know, sometimes just blind faith that that's going to turn out the way you, you hope it turns out. Um, but then, you know, you see a lot of times where people will not like that top person or they won't like, hey, this person, you know, and there's right. other bad bosses and everything. Absolutely. You know, there's not, there's bad employees, there's bad bosses, there's just bad, you know, people at whatever they do. But I also find that if you're not in the business, I think people don't realize like how difficult it is to be an employer at times where, you know, and, and this is not like, you know, I just think that a lot rides because typically for an employee, even though they're part of that business and they have a you know vested interest, hopefully in trying to make that the best business they can or, or to the best of their ability, you know, really the risk still falls on that top person, you know, and that's where I think a lot of people overlook like you bringing on somebody you're acquiring majority of the risk like their risk is yes I'm, I'm i'm switching careers maybe i'm jumping to try something new there's risk involved on that for the employee too but i always look at on the employer side there's a lot more risk financial obligations you know legal obligations and everything sure. else and it's like that's the kind of stuff that i think oh, gets overshadowed a lot where it's like oh you work for so-and-so but i'm like that so-and-so has done a lot to get to that position or has busted their tail to get to a position where they can't afford to hire somebody on, which doesn't just happen. You don't just like go into business and be like, all right, I got all this demand now. Now I need to hire employees. Like you typically have to earn that right to get to that level. Yeah. I have, I have a big heart too. So when somebody works for me or help me out, you know, I've, I've always, always felt a pat on the back. It's, you know, it's crazy to say that like everybody wants a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just saying that, whether you, I'm talking to a guy that's, uh, my elder who's 70 years old or 60 years old and I'm like good job man it, it, it sounds crazy but that makes somebody feel good I'm like oh man you're killing us you know yeah. what I mean like let me take you out to lunch or here's a $50 gift card it's not a lot you know what I mean I'm not risking a lot by giving that to him but making him feel great to where he's gonna be like oh wow he, he really cares he really likes me you know what and oh yeah no I was gonna say I think that and I think the uh like one thing I try not to do is I, I hate micromanaging. Right. And I think that, you know, I think if anybody, they probably think I'm too hands off at times, but the part, part of me is like, I don't want to be micromanaged. I don't want to micromanage other people. I mean, there's a level of, you know, expectation and accountability and, and stuff you want to instill within employees or coworkers or independent contractors or whatever. But, you know, I think there's a level of you need to let, you have to try to put a per person in a position and let them figure it out a little bit and let them try to run and shine in that position where I think um, 
you know, if you put them in a position and they just are, you're like Hawkeyes over them all the time and over their shoulder, like you're not getting the best right. product out of that person or, or service out of that person because they're too busy worrying about you, like looking yeah. over your shoulder. Like I think the idea that if you hire someone is like that's supposed to give you time back to go do something else. For sure. Give you time to, you know, be on social media and advertise and mm-hmm. go to other real estate offices or mm-hmm. talk to project managers or things like that to, so I can get more jobs so I can keep this guy working. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a matter of finding the right person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm relying on hiring somebody that you're going into somebody's house or business. You know what I mean? Like I need to trust you. You know what I mean? Like, well, they also, if they're, representing you know cb electric like okay the cb obviously stands for your name so it's like who's that guy like that's berg okay i know who it is now let me you know he's the guy he's gonna hear my complaint because my employee didn't do what they're supposed to do right and, you know and that's that's the level of uh you know it, it it takes a lot to hire somebody it's not yeah, for sure you, you don't just like show up and be like hey you want to get you want a gig come come work for us you know and i think that uh just the process of it like the there's a lot of energy that gets expended out on hiring. That's, I think we were talking about before we were starting and I was just like, I'm, things are great, but like my head's swirling with a million things I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get done, you know, in a short period of time. Um, but like, I don't think people realize just the mental energy that goes into thinking and planning and executing. And it's like, like I know, just to stop you right there is that since I left the prison and my mind is a thousand directions mm-hmm. and <laughs> my wife is all over me about that. She's like, you know, I tell you something, you don't remember it unless you write it in your little calendar book. She's like, come on. Story of my life. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you don't understand what it's like to, you know, you know, I have so much going on. I have to be here then there and this meeting and that meeting and call this person and that person. I was like, I guess forget, you know what I mean? <laughs> how, I was going to say, how do, how do you keep track of all that? Because <clears throat> I'm the same as you, but yeah. I've developed a system over, you know, 13 years. So. Yeah, I have a little calendar book um, that I do. I had it at the facility too. And uh, pretty much if that's book, it's gold. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if you took that book from me, I'd be probably have a heart attack. So everything you do is, is pen and paper? Pen and paper, yeah. Um, I, I'll probably change that here eventually. I'm um, just... Yeah, you're starting out and getting yeah, in. Yeah. Um, the the one, uh, I mean, the way I always look at stuff, and I mean, I can dive into productivity and, and <laughs> trying to keep everything uh, on task, but I email myself all the time. Like, and Jen, who works with me, has access, so she's like, sees my emails. And if I go look at my normal email, a lot of them just say, me to and like, let's say the subject line, meaning who's it from? Me. Like I don't know why it says that, but my Gmail just auto goes to me. And uh it's just thoughts. Like last night I was reading a book before bed and like ten o'clock at night, I popped my phone up, I t- I emailed myself whatever note I was thinking. I take notes in my book, but it was right. like something I wanted to go over with her today. I was like, oh, I like this concept. Typed it, emailed it to myself, and went over it because I'm like, my thing is if I can dump most of it into my email. It's kind of like a to do. It's like a brain dump, and then day to day, I use just like my phone with Google Calendar. So most people, they see me open my phone up. I probably check my calendar in my phone when I open my phone up more than anything in my phone. Right. Not messages, not emails. Like I flip it open. Like where am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to be? Like am I missing something? Yep. Like switch. Like oh, I'm running late, or maybe I have some extra time. What can I get done? So I mean, you need a system. I hear. You. I have a bad habit of like. I'll be talking to a customer on the fly and I don't have a pen or paper on me and uh, they stopped me or something because they saw my truck or something. 
uh, I'll, I'll message my wife on Facebook. Yeah. And I'll be like, Jennifer, phone number. And she's like, who's Jennifer? <laughs> she, she, the other woman. Uh, the, uh, but I mean, I... I mean, do you have email on your phone, right? I, of course, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just email myself and then, you know, later that day, because a lot of the notes you sent to yourself are not super time sensitive. It's like, if I get to it later today or tomorrow, it's fine. But it's, like I said, it's just a simple way. Like if you told me something right now, actually while we were talking, I wrote like a note down to do after. Like, it's just like you brought something up, like that makes sense. I got it. Like I got to do that. It just clued me in. But like, if I hear something, um, like I'm in a position now to write it down, but if we were just out talking somewhere, that would be emailed to myself and saying, okay, like Cliff said this or get Cliff this, or he asked a question and I'm, I'm very big. I have a book. I've referenced it a bunch. Um, Ellen Bouchard from formerly of DFCU. She retired. So happy uh, retirement still to Ellen, but <laughs> she did up because I said I would. Yes. I usually actually had it up facing out so it's easier to read now i'm looking at the spine of the book over there but uh because i said i would and she gave it to me and it's always something that i've always tried to do is like if you told me like hey galen can you you know i have a question on x y and z but let me get that for you as soon as i say let me get that for you there's a good chance i'm not gonna remember it. i will pull my phone out i will be like uh check on this for a cliff email sent right and then i'll check it that night and that night it'll be like Oh yeah, I gotta get that for Cliff, and I'll do it real quick, send it out to you. But then I did it again because I said I would. I, I hate if somebody were to call me and say, "Hey, uh, Galen, you said you're gonna get to that a couple days ago, and you never have." Like, I could probably count on my hand how many times it's happened in my career because I'm so anal about like that's got to be right. done. Um, so that that's 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 one of my systems, but it's something I've always I want to say prided myself on. I'm just like I said, I'm I'm so nervous I'm gonna forget something, and I hate letting people down. Or if you're like. Gillen, you owe me twenty bucks. I'm like, like I'm like, if I don't have money, let me go to the ATM now, or let me Venmo you. Like, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm just like, do you have Venmo? No, crap. Okay, let me get. Like, I hate owing people money. I hate like, I'm just. If something were to happen, I just want to take care of it then and there because one of it's like I just want it off my head, right? Because that's my main thing. If I can just get it out of my brain, I'm I clear it up for just more relaxation. It's tough though. Like, no, I get it. I totally get it. Because I get, and you also went to a position where. I've never been a CO, but I'm guessing when you show in and like punch the clock for whatever, how long that shift is, I mean, you have your role, but I don't think you're like, I mean, how often are you critically thinking there? Because you kind of know like what you're doing. You have your schedule, oh, sure. you're there. I'm not, I can't leave till X time. You know, I kind of know my tasks I have to do. And at a certain point they kind of become second nature. But then when you get out and then all these things are hitting you like I need this done I need this scheduled hey can I reschedule hey can move this back or move it up 15 minutes you're just constantly like dispatching your own self no I mean I was just talking to my wife earlier today too about I was like I've lost like 15 pounds since I quit oh yeah just <laughs> running around yeah because I'd work midnight shift and I'd be eating at one o'clock two o'clock in, in the morning yeah. you know what I mean so I was I'm not doing that no more well you're also on your feet more you're doing you know you're you're and and I guess like I've seen people that are you know, contractors or, or, or people that work like manual labor, like they'll go almost the entire day without eating. Mm. You're just like in the mode and you're just going. That's how you know? I am. I eat like once a day. Yeah. Like you might throw some, you know, drink a coffee or sip some water or something like that. But like then you eat lunch and you eat it quick, but you're also moving. So sometimes it's hard to eat if you're like moving. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you want to crash and just like have a sub or something. But there's so many times that I find that people, and I, I'm guilty of this too. Like I'll be working in a project at my house. And next thing I know, I'm like, 
you know, five hours have gone by. I'm like, I, I never ate. Like, I haven't ate since like eight this morning. Right. You know, and then it's like you grab something quick and then. And it's terrible. It's you DoorDash. Dude, I spend so much money on DoorDash. It's ridiculous. They really? know me by name. You know what I mean? And... See, <laughs> now DoorDash, they, they, when they say there's not a delivery fee, but there's a convenience fee, right? It's always like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like it ends up being what? Probably an extra three to five bucks to get it delivered. I know if I go to McDonald's and I order my usual thing, it's going to cost me like, you know, 15 bucks. If I do it from DoorDash, it's going to cost me like 33 It's that much? Yeah. And one time... Wow. I didn't think it was that much. I, I don't do it often. That's... I went out I went out to the bar one night, and I came back, and uh, I ordered... I wanted McFlurry. Classic. Oreo, I hope. Yeah. Oreo and M&M. Yep. yep. With, with a hot fudge. And <laughs> oh, they, you do it right up. Man. Yeah. And the <laughs> guy came to my door, and uh, if I order something, you better get it right. And it was wrong like three times. I ended up spending like $60 on McFlurries. Because <laughs> I kept charging you for the mistake? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. I was like, you're going to get it right, though. <laughs> you better off like, just go to Stewart's and get me some like brouhaha or something. It was too late. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Door, no. So DoorDash, I, I don't use often, but there's always a point when you look at stuff and say, is it just cheaper to pay someone to do this? Kind of like in your line, when you say like, right. Hey, handyman, does it like, you kind of look at the same thing with DoorDash. Like I can run out and get it, which, but if it costs me an extra $10, but I can sit here for another 30 to 40 minutes to get done work. Like I just pay that money and let someone bring it. Right. And you got, I mean, obviously you have to get to a certain point to, to be able to afford that. But I think, um, you know, at a certain point, especially in business, like you put a disproportionate amount of time in to make a little bit of money. And then eventually that tide turns and you can actually put in less time to make more money. But you, but the reason is you can take that money to buy your time back. Right. And that's kind of like you said with an employee or anything like that. So it's kind of how do you get to the point where you do have to work a disproportionate amount of time up front for a little reward. But you got to put that time, sweat equity in to build up that kind of reserve of, hey, I, got, I can transition this in the future to possibly you know get into a different, uh, what, what, you know, like diff- different level of the business or... Or again, at the end of the day, just get some stuff off your plate. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's really my, uh, where my mind always goes. And I heard this, uh, this analogy from somebody, but like, if you're to say, Hey, I'm going to work 50 hours a week and I'm going to make, you know, 40 grand, which in some businesses that's legit. And it's like, okay, how do I make work 40 hours a week and make 70 grand? And how do I work 30 hours a week and make a hundred grand? And like, you can do that math down to the point where like, how do I work? five hours a week and make half a million dollars. And the reason is you scale it, you mm-hmm. automate, you, you know, and that to me, that's kind of always the game of like, how can I become more efficient? So my physical hours are less, but my, my, basically my, my, uh, income per hour or revenue per hour, or whatever, you know, money made per hour, um, gets, you know, disproportionate to the hours I work. Right. So, and it's kind of like, what's your hourly rate? And typically your hourly rate, at least my business when I started out was poor, like dirt cheap. Like, See, I don't do hourly rate. I do by the job. So if you were to, so how do you, yeah, I guess, so how would you, so somebody says, Hey, I'm going to charge you by the hour and it's, it's going to take me five hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, let's say ballpark, it's, I don't know, $70 an hour. So that's $350 in labor, not counting materials, draft it all up. Here's a $800 bill. Like, how would you look at that job if you knew it was going to take you five hours? Do you just, well, I never say to myself, this is going to take me five hours. Cause you never know what you're going to run to. And there's always something mm-hmm. you, you pretty much every time I say, this is going to, Oh, this thing would be bad. Something happens where it takes double the time. I feel like it never takes less. Right. Yeah. No, it always so takes every more. once in a while you'll get lucky. But, uh, you know, 
that's another thing with handyman that you know i've like i've listened to a lot of podcasts i've read a lot of things that um most guys will when they start a business a construction company or plumbing company or whatever they'll call their competition and they'll be like all right so so and so charges 60 bucks an hour or 100 100 bucks to call out you can't do that you can't have a business a successful business and try to beat other competitors like i might not be able to beat ace wait you mean you will call those companies or the no, client I, would call i'm just saying like if you wanted to start a business you know what i mean like all these guys that you know i'm gonna start a handyman business or a construction company they'll call around and see how much their other businesses are charging and they'll be you know a little lower than them to kind of underball them yeah but you can't do that you have to like i have bills i have to pay mm-hmm. i have to at least make my bills and then profit from that yeah absolutely you know so <clears throat> and that's how I've structured everything. So I have to make this this much a day to pay my bills. And then I probably need to put another 20% profit on top of that so I can make money. Do you uh, do you have people that try to haggle with you on prices? Uh, once in a while, but I'm not one to budge on my price. You yeah. know what I mean, I know what I need to make. Um, if, if I'm too expensive, um, I mean, you yeah. have to find somebody else, you know, but... Yeah, and, and, and again, you, I mean, you price yourself competitively enough that, you know, I heard this uh, good term a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and it was regarding more real estate, but it's like, hey, like our prices are competitive or we would not be in business, you right. know, like in, but I find like one of the things that always annoys me and has and will probably for my the rest of my career is like people think real estate and they're like, well, I want a cheaper commission. I want a cheaper commission because for some reason commission, at least in real estate, because that's how we get paid is kind of a known ballpark, known number of what people charge. And of course, like most, you know, not most, but actually I would say anybody that's trying to haggle with you on price for whatever reason, they think that, Hey, by just getting less money, like it's better deal. I'm spending less. And my thing, it's like, well, number one, like you had just said, I don't get all of that money. Like the way real estate works, that money is broken down at least four ways between two different companies and two two different agencies. Um, so really, if someone's saying, hey, you're getting X, I'm getting probably a quarter of whatever that X amount is. And then you start looking at like, you know, the margins, like, well, the like the brokerage has to make money. Like, I mean, right. not brokerage, but the brokerage has bills to pay. They have overhead. I said the other side, the other, you know, the, uh, the buying agency side or the listing agency side, they have bills to pay. Then mm-hmm. two agents get money. I'm like, they're buying the same groceries and paying the same taxes and paying the same gas or whatever that you have to pay like if inflation went up for you it went up for us like Not for sure so materials like went up materials yeah. went up but we don't have materials so everybody's like oh you why don't you take a percentage uh one percent off of of whatever the price is or two percent or whatever and it's mm-hmm. like well that's how i make money like and it's not that i'm making money and i'm like somehow taking that money and running off to the bank and being like oh, i made it i'm like i'm getting hit this like my the price is are relative meaning if you do if you're good and you do more business you get compensated more than someone that doesn't but at the end of the day it's like it's such a you know and then and then the problem is like cut your prices but we want you to work just as hard and also we want you to get it above asking price and we want you and it's like why would you expect me to to you know give you a cut in price and all of a sudden i'm just gonna like increase what i give to you like then i'm losing on both ends and i'm i'm a nice guy and i try to you know accommodate what i can but at a certain point it's like you know like, well, I wouldn't go to your line of business and be like, hey, Cliff, um, 
oh, you charge that? Yeah, like I don't think that's I don't think that's where it, you got charged less. And it's like that would would never make any sense to me if I just didn't like the price, I wouldn't use you. Yeah. Or or whatever you know whatever. But then you realize like, oh, they it's kind of in line of what I'm gonna pay. You right. know. And I'm always one of those people. If you're gonna nickel and dime over, let's say your line of work, and like I'm gonna charge a thousand for the job, and someone calls around to spend nine twenty. Depends how long it took you to call around, but to me, I'm like, I don't have time. Like, just you know, to me, it's like you're right. talking, you're really splitting hairs. Where it's like, if the guy's gonna do a good job and you're reputable and you like them and they're timely and everything else, yeah, maybe you spend an extra five percent premium on that, but it's done. Peace of mind, like move on. Well, people don't think about the extra, especially in my line of work, where um, you know you give them a price, but like, wow, that seems kind of steep. But you know, they're not counting of like you said, then your insurance, uh, employee costs if you have them, yeah, uh, material costs. You're using your tools, wear mm-hmm. and tear on your tools, wear and tear on your truck. Mm-hmm. Material runs. I have to go to Lowe's three, four times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, gas is going up. You know what I mean? It's <clears throat> all that adds up. You know, and that back to the hourly thing. If I told you I was charging one hundred and twenty dollars, one hundred thirty dollars an hour, mm-hmm. you your eyes would pop out of your head. You know, my where if I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can put that sink in for 200 bucks. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't feel as bad. You know what I mean? Like, so when, when you have, uh, <clears throat> before you do a job, do you typically, cause this, I found this also with, um, people doing work and it's not like it's the end. It's not terrible, but like all people say, yeah, I'll do that job. And they don't tell you the price and they'll just send you a bill. And it's like, holy crap, this is like twice what I ever expected. Do you find in, in your line of work, are you asked or do you give rough, like a ballpark quote before you do it? Or, cause like I've had plenty of times where people just come do work and they just, they'll give you no indication of how much it is. Or I'll call them up and be like, Hey, I need this done. Can I set up again? Yeah, we'll have someone go there. And I'm like, like, how much is that going to be? And they, they either can't give you a price or they won't know a price. And it's like, well, I need a, like a ballpark. Cause it's 500, it's 700, it's two grand. Like, cause some of the stuff I don't know the numbers on. So personally, I, what I do is if you're local, I'll mm-hmm. come out to your house and I'll take a look at it. Um, free estimate. But I mean, if you, if you're out, you know, West Shazy, Russ's point, you know, Keysville, Peru, well, Peru, I'll do free estimates too, but Lake Placid, I'll do uh, a $75 call out fee, which I will take off the bill. If, if you yeah, credit back, yeah, credit back. If, yep. you, if you use me as, you know, your contractor. So, and I find that works really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's a good I mean? play. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's just, that's fair. But I mean, you would still give the price up front or a ballpark price. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like to the number, write, but. No, I'd, I'd do an estimate. I have a CRM use, system I use. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like QuickBooks. It's called Marquette. And uh, I'll, I'll do an estimate. I'll get my prices from my supplier. And I'll do my time of how long I'm gonna, it's going to take and what's needed. And I'll send that to them. And at the end of my estimate, it says this is a, an estimate. Prices may change if job yeah. specifications may change. And material costs go up or yeah, down. Yeah, for sure. Um, cause I think that that's like, I have, I have a, a young guy locally that's done some work for me before. And that's something I've always liked about him is he's, he'll like, let me go take a look at it. And he's very quick, like in the sense that he'll get out there within a day or two and make a point to get out there. Um, and he'll be like, I'll get you. And, and the thing I appreciate about him, it's like, Hey, I'm going to go out I'm going to check quote usually comes back the next day or day and a half. And then, but it's the same thing. It's like, I think I could do it for about X. That's all I need. Like, if you think it's going to be about 800, I just want to budget for it. I don't want to think 800, all of a sudden I get a bill for 1700. I'm like, crap, like, right. where's the, you know, what, what was the extra there? Not to say that I'm not going to have to pay it. But for me, I always like the, the upfront 
aspect of it versus like, okay, well, it didn't need to be done. I might have punted it off for three months and, you know, because you're budgeting a lot of stuff depending on what you're trying to do. So unless it's like an emergency that's different, but sometimes like people do things because they'd like it done. Like, hey, Cliff, I need you to come do, you know, patching and put up a a drywall or whatever. And it's like, do you need it done right now? Like, well, no, I'm just figuring out would be a good time. I could do it in six months because I'm not really needing it. Like those little fixes, like, hey, my, my breaker just like, blue and it's like okay yeah you go fix it you know the emergency call and you know at mm-hmm. night or whatever so um i because i've seen it go both ways but me as a consumer always like i hate it when all of a sudden like the bill comes out and it's like way more than you ever expected like you think that people will be a little bit more upfront and say hey this mm-hmm. is what the cost is at least i know from our business kind of like that like we're doing a listing like this commission this is everything so you know going into it like hey this is really what you're going to come out to if we can sell it between this price it's going to be in this range right I'm like okay i know like at least you have a ballpark so, I don't know. That's that was my soapbox moment. So yeah, just, <laughs> no, uh, I, I get it. So when, when uh, social media, let's talk that. Okay, I like social media. Um, I'm not as active as I should be. I've had to take a little bit of a step back for other um, business focuses lately, but I do plan on getting back into the game. But what is your um, do you like doing it? How do you find the value of it? Have you? How long have you been working at that portion of it of your business, uh, your marketing position? I've been doing it since day one, since I started, and I've always been kind of social media savvy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I mean, I don't really, I don't really need to hire anybody to run my social media because I'm pretty good at it. Um, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, some other things I'm on too, Snapchat. Um, and this is all under the business? Yep. Yeah. So, so I usually post, if I post some, something on one, I post them on all. Mm-hmm. And I actually just got this new thing. I'll show you. So this is an Uvu card. So it has my name and my business oh, name. Yep. So is it kind of like a QR code? Yeah. You float no, over it's, it. It has like this little, uh, what you call it, um, chip inside it. And it will work on any phone that's higher than an iPhone 6. So if I scan it like that and I go to my Chrome so It's and it brings up a dashboard. I don't know what that was. But. So, so all, all you did was just, it, so you just swipe it on someone, the side of someone's phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you swipe on somebody's phone and then, uh, I don't have service here, but it brings up my dashboard and uh, they can access my so is it kind of like a link tree? Well, you yeah, kind of, and it goes they through. can access all my my links, mm-hmm. everything like that, and uh, so that's like your business card. Now you swipe it, they get it. Yeah. I mean, you have business cards, but that would yeah, be... I have business cards too. Yeah, but it's it's nice if you're at a social event; it's a good talking point. Yeah, and uh, um, no, I think well, it's kind of the funny. Like I have uh, business cards, and the business cards I bought are based on like the cheap ones that you typically can get. They're probably like. I'm actually trying to do the correct math. I don't know. They say seven times more expensive, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the whole idea behind them is if I give someone a business card and they look at it and it's just like name on the front, contact information, you know, kind of a cheap one. They, I find that what most people do is they toss it. Um, I usually yep. don't even, I'll get someone's business card and like, I'll just put it in my phone. I don't really carry like business cards. I do actually have a stack of business cards in my desk, which I don't know why I still do because I think it's probably more nostalgia that like in 10 years from now, I'll look back and be like, oh my God, remember that person was in business or was at that company. But what I, I typically do is I'll get 
these thicker cards. The reason being, if I hand those cards out to somebody, nine times out of ten, someone comments on the card. Right. And they're just they're thicker, they're they're more durable. You know, you typically can just kind of bust out a cheesy joke with them, but the idea is someone's like, Oh, that's really cool, I'm gonna hold on to this. Well, good. I just in my line of work, like spending the money on those cards, you get a thousand of them or whatever, like yep. if I know ninety percent of the people I hand those cards to are making some comment on it. The amount of times I've seen those cards just lying around people's cup holders or at their house or in like a little basket because they're like, I don't know, it's just kind of a cool card. I want to throw it out. But then any other business card just goes tossed in the garbage. Well, I'm like, why would I spend money and just know it's like recurring? Hey, this is just flying into the garbage. So to me, that's kind of the idea, at least in my business, that sometimes you have to spend, you spend the money on the sense that it's going to have a better return. And sure. it could be as simple as, as, as cards. I mean, spend it, money, make money. Yeah. And uh, well, actually, um, a friend of mine is, uh, he told me this years ago. You have to write. You have to write small checks to cash big checks, and that's something that's always stayed with me. I mean, you have to invest in your business. You have to do stuff that's going to give you a return back. And yes, you have to do it within reason. I mean, it. Um, you know, there's plenty of stuff that we write every year that you, you know, either shouldn't have wrote, or you were like, ah, I'm gonna like. There's times too. Like I, I love, um, you know, so it's probably gonna sound bad the way I'm trying to say it, but like I love like supporting local organizations and charities and stuff but mm-hmm. you get hit by so many things and again as a small business especially with you know different things you're trying to do on a business standpoint it's like sometimes you have to say no or you have to be like hey i know i donated last year but i can't this year you know we're our budget's not as high as it was last year for donations which you know and that's kind of stuff where you're like ah, you know i wish i could just give to everybody right so there's times you do write those checks and and you know you're not really doing it for the return you're doing it more for hey i'm just supporting the, the cause but um you know, it's a small business, so you're just you're, you're wearing so many hats and you have so many things factoring through your head that it's like, you know, it's it's tiring, like you said. It's or your wife gives you crap for it. Like, yeah. You're gonna <laughs> like, you know, I. Uh, Social media is is uh, groundbreaking. You know what I mean? It's there's so many people you can contact with with social media. I mean, Facebook is probably the number one way I get contacted. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that the one you spend most of the time on is Facebook? Or? Yeah, I mean, I do that and TikTok. I do a lot of okay uh, videos, but it pretty much all circles back to Facebook, really. But. So when you do like TikTok videos, I'm not on TikTok. It's just mm-hmm. something I haven't gotten into. I'm not against it. Just I can only be on so many platforms and put my you know my time and effort into that. But um, when you look at something on TikTok, are you doing like more of the branded? videos you're doing educational videos are you doing just entertainment videos like it's mostly educational you know i'll talk about like uh uh it's one i can say to you that you'll understand um a federal pacific panel mm-hmm. and how banks won't approve you for a loan to get a house if you have that panel in there due to their constant fail rate so <clears throat> i've talked about that i've talked about space heaters and the dangers of that of, mm-hmm. or cleaning the gutters and or i'll do like a video of how to do something how to video yeah and uh, things things like that, you know. Well, I uh, and I think when you start, we start to go into it. Um, again, I heard. I mean, I've I've known this, but it was put very simply. Like, if you educate, you attract. And the whole idea is because you prove that you know what you're doing. And if, right. and if you're if I'm watching you do videos, and this is the thing with social media, if you're like, well, like in our line of work, if you're putting out that you just have a house list or you sold a house, and that's all you post, right. nobody's gonna care. Right. Like, and and not that they're not happy that you sold a house, or it's not cool that there's a listing. Like I post those, but at the end of the day, people want to get to know you. They want to get to know the person. They want to get to know the personality. Um, the education aspect allows me to show that, hey, I'm not just somebody that you just see randomly on the internet. Like I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. Or, hey, I see him pop up all these places and he's all over social media, but is he actually good at his job? And then 
by throwing the knowledge out, they like, hey, I actually can put the two and two together. I think there's a lot of power into that. And for a lot of people, I always find that they, they miss the boat. It's like, if you're, if you're sitting there and you're doing something, say you're just changing an outlet or you're talking about a space here and you see it. To me, that's a moment to just say, wait, I'm going to take a minute just to film this. I'm here. This is perfect content. Yep. You don't even have to post it then. You, you film it. That night you go and you do whatever you need to do to tweak it. If you need to, sometimes I just post right, right off the cuff. Um, I actually kicked myself. I was I had a perfect opportunity today to do something and I didn't do it social media wise. I'm not at the top of my game right now. And this is the thing that annoys me. A, couple, a few years ago, I was posting a ton and on a ton and I was very engaged on it. Um, but again, I just, I, there's certain things I had to push to the back burner. Just, you know, um, seasons of business are different. I had to put my focus in certain spots. And today was one that I'm like three years ago, I would have been all over that and I would have crushed it. And of course I'm like not top of mind. So I actually kicked myself like literally to the point where I was like walking to the car. I was like, God, why didn't I do that? But, um, those are the kind of things like when you're in that mode, you can be creative and the creativity just hits you. And that's why I find that people with social media, like, I don't know what to post. I'm like, you can post anything. Like, and I you know the idea of, uh, do you know who uh, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk is? I heard the name. Okay, Gary V. You heard that name. So look into him. He's good. So I used to follow him. All I still do occasionally, but um, I used to follow him religiously. And one of the things he always said was document, don't create. Like, don't think you have to create, create, create. Meaning like you have to be creative on something. Like, no, you just document it. Like if you want it, you're on the podcast. Like you're on the podcast. You're looking at an outlet. Film the outlet. You're mm-hmm. walking to the store. Hey, People always ask, like, I'm getting, I have all this problem all the time. Like, if you're getting, you know, nuts and bolts and there's metric and there's what standard or whatever yeah. the units are, like, that screws me up all the time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what the difference is. That could be a cool little video that you do. And someone's like, oh, I've always, I always get hung up in the aisle when I'm looking at like the reds and the blues and I don't mm-hmm. know what the hell I'm looking at. Like, that would be a simple thing to, to, I think, do a video on that most people don't know what they're doing. Like, you might take it for granted because you know. But you're like, okay, this is what the, you know, the... Yeah, I mean, I do everything. Lead and load, yeah. I did, a, did one where I had this, like, hoodie that my string fell out in the laundry. And I did a... <laughs> I did had a, a, re-hoodie, a re-string the hoodie? Re, yeah, I used my fishing line for my for my electrical fishing line. And I fished it through back back through the hoodie in, like, 30 seconds. Really? Yeah. And I, that's on TikTok. People love, love that. I mean, that's inventive. I'd say inventive, yeah. but it's just like... I mean, but not everybody's going to have a... F- Electrical fishing line in their house either. Now, now they will though. <laughs> yeah. say, whoever yeah. made that electrical fishing line, just yeah. the sales went through the roof. There you go, Klein Tools. <laughs> That's like next thing. Next thing you know, you got to. Uh, they're, they're calling you up. You know, you got a promotion or uh, what's it called? You're promoting stuff on the web on the yeah. site. Give the CB fifteen for fifteen percent off. Yeah. Like now you're the guy. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other thing too. It's like when you start promoting, like that's why people reach out. And it's like, hey, can you promote my product? Because I have done that a few times. So people have reached out to do that. Yep, yeah, I've done a. I'm trying to get one. I'll tell you about that a little bit. But uh, big wapes. It's a, it's a hand cleaning thing okay. for contractors. Um, I've done uh, a heater that has a sound system inside it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to do bidets. Really? Yeah. Are those I, popular around here? Oh my god. Well, maybe like for classic. me they are. <laughs> my whole if 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 we become friends, you're gonna have a bidet in your house because I don't go anywhere without one. But, wow. Uh, there we it's, go. It's like. We're the only country in the world that doesn't have bidets. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You go to Europe. They're all yeah. They're all, 90% of the people have them there. I mean, most people in the States probably just take a piss on them. But yeah, they're yep. there. And then somebody was like, dude, that, that's, no one wants water in their butt. I'm like, dude. Clean people. I was like, I was like, you're just smearing it all over the place. You step in dog poop outside. What, what are you going to do? You, you wipe it off with your holes, right? Yeah. 
It's like, you're not sitting out there with toilet paper waving your shoe off. No. <laughs> I say, you're not an animal. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, that's I, I did not know that about you, but now that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, Clean people. Go. I like that. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> so, so see, that's the social media thing right there. That yeah. would probably go viral. Like yeah. Most people don't have these, and why don't we have them? And yep. let's, let's really get to the bottom of this. Yep. When you go to France, they're all over the place, man. Like, sure. It's like, what? That's it. I think you're like, are you French? Uh, maybe a little bit. I was gonna say if you're up here, probably, but that's yeah. that's probably it. You got some French in you. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else. At least in the in the bathroom compartment. Well, so Clifford is pretty French. So. Clifford. Clifford. Um, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I guess so. Have have you uh, have you done any? Um, like I said, you say like giveaways and stuff. Like what what what's your main focus? I guess on how to increase your content and increase your um, your your community of people that know you and like you and all that. Yeah, so uh, my last giveaway <clears throat> that I did, I did a, a date night giveaway. Okay. And everybody liked everybody and subscribed. Free bidet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> free bidet. Yeah. But uh, I did like a movie, two movie tickets, a night out for dinner, and a bottle of wine. And uh, that was a big hit. And like all you had to do was subscribe and like my page. And uh, I was just trying to build my audience. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I think uh, I think one of the things that you know people because again you're still in a sales position even though you're you know you're you're not directly from sales you're from but you got to get the client somehow you know and I yeah. think that everybody if you're in business you're in marketing you're, if you're in business you're in advertising you're you're doing something because you have to bring in people for sales if you don't have sales you don't have a business for right. most of us so um, it's kind of like you get to the point at least in my career again I've been doing this for you know 12, 13 years it's like. 12, 13 years ago when I was doing it and starting out, it was like, I was just trying to figure out how the heck to write up a contract and like, where do I go for, like, what do I do at a showing? Like the, the most basic things, like as you probably were when you, you enrolled at CV Tech or whatever with right. electric. And then you finally get to a point where my day-to-day decisions, my day-to-day focus every day is very rarely on real estate. I mean, it, it, it is, I do it as part of my business, but my mind has gotten layers and layers deeper or above or wherever that those basic um, aspects. So now it's like efficiency. It's looking for ways that I can scale. It's looking for ways that I can, I can implement ideas and implement things that are better. My skill set that I've been able to acquire over, you know, a decade plus of, of being in, you know, the business and knowledge versus something that really someone in their first year of real estate could figure out that that's just two different levels of, um, of, uh, responsibility mindset, whatever it might be. So, right. I'm trying to focus on, okay, how can I best use my skill set where we talked about like hour, hourly rate and stuff you should be focusing on. Like how do I put my my expertise into that knowing that that's a better use of my knowledge base? Um, and again, and how long have you been doing, I mean, at this point, close to 20 years electrical? Yes, yeah, probably 16, 17 years, yeah. So if you go back to those first couple of years, like <clears throat> most of the questions I'm asking you, you were probably asking maybe a little bit better questions, but they were in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, for you, you don't even, you're just explaining, like, oh, yeah, that's like this, this, and this. And you don't think about that. But for you, it's like, okay, now I'm thinking about the marketing to how to bring in clients that are going to allow me to go do that work. And then once I'm able to do enough of that, then I can hire people to do that. And then I can move on to bigger things. And I think that that's the typical hierarchy, depending on the ambition of the person. Um, but that's that's the thing that I think that allows me. That's exciting for me is that every day I'm learning, learning, learning. I, I read a ton. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Uh, but the podcasts now and the books now are different than whatever I would have read ten years ago. For sure. Um, and for you, like, 
as a CEO, there's I don't know how much there is to learn or improve on there, but my guess is that it's not the same as if you're running a business. Meaning now, like you're out and about doing stuff, like your mind is now in a million directions. Like okay, payroll. Now I have to learn. Okay, now I have to learn um, payroll taxes, and I have to learn hire, anything with hiring, and I have to know what's best practices for hiring, and mm-hmm. all these things that when they tell you, hey, do you want to open up your own handyman electrical business? Like that's not the top of the list of the first things that come to mind. Like that's right. like, oh crap, now yeah, I do have to run my own bookkeeping and I do have to, you know, deal with customer complaints. And I, now I'm HR department. Now I'm, you know, customer service department. And then you just wear all these hats. Right. And again, you only have the same 24 hours in a day. You have two kids, right? Yep. And you're married. So it's like, you know, you're busy. There's more things in life than business. For sure. But it, it's like all encompassing because you're the one that's really feeding it and giving it life to to keep. Sustaining. I mean, as far as right now too, like you know, you know, I've talked to my wife about it. We've talked. I mean, she wanted me gone more than anybody. You know, I was just miserable all the mm-hmm. time. And <clears throat> when I was at the prison, when I was off, I was running my business full time. Mm-hmm. So, but and right ha- now, happier doing that, right? Yeah. But family time, you know, what I mean, it, it kind of. I wouldn't say sacrificed it, but it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to build the business to where we can, I can get to the point where I can be home all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just have a crew where I can give me more time to do my social media and estimates. And that's all I do eventually. But that's, that's a few years down the road. Um, well, I think the, uh, that was something that I, so I have three kids under five and I remember uh, so we're 2022. So like 2015, 16, 17, like I put a ton of hours into my business. We had our first child. Um, and then for the next couple of years, I put a ton of hours into the business. Um, but what I, I neglected at that point was my social life. So like I look at, I look at like my life built into, and, and they're all together, but I'm saying if you had to compart, compart, uh, mentalize each of them, I have like family I have work obligations and then I have like recreation and social and like the fun stuff. Right. Um, I didn't have kids back then. So I put 80, 90% of my time into the work bucket, 10% of my time into my social, my free time. And once you had a kid, like that takes a major chunk. So really that 90% of work, I might've gotten that down to like 60% of my time. And then, 40 or 60. No, I would actually say it was probably 50% of the time, 45% of the time was kids and family. And it was like 5% of the time was all the other stuff. Hmm. And I, and then once I got to, I kind of built that up to the point where I'm like, okay, I kind of can take a step back from the work a little bit. So then family became like 50, 60% of the time business was like almost the the end. And then the, the, the recreation stuff stayed that same. So then like, and you're constantly trying to weigh these factors because the recreation, it's like you can't work all the time and then you have the family stuff, but like there's also time you need to just have time to yourself. Like you're human, you need time off and to go from responsibility to responsibility to responsibility, like you just, you need that outlet. So I I have a better balance now than I've ever had where I I think like, you know, work is probably 40, family's about 50% of my time and then, you know, recreation might be around 10% of my time. You know, but I find that it's a good balance right now. But because of that, I'm just, I always look at it like I'm in a season where my kids are younger. They're more dependent on me. 
I have to be present there. And then the work aspect, when I was at that 80%, 90%, 70%, like I don't want to go to that level because I don't want that family bucket to dip down any lower than 50%. So does that come at a loss of opportunity, a loss of um, revenue, a loss of, you know, maybe accomplishing certain things? Absolutely. But like, that's something you have to mention. Like I, that was something I was open to, um, to taking a backseat and, and lessening a lot of that workload. But that workload had gotten me so far one way in a good way that it, it kind of allowed me to hedge on taking a step back. Right. And the hope, at least in my situation, is that when things change a little bit with the home life in the sense of like you don't have three kids that need you to help them with most things in life, that they're more self-sufficient, you still have responsibilities, but you're able then to have a little bit more of the energy back. Cause like, as you know, like young kids are taxing mentally and emotionally and physically or, uh, um, energy on, on yourself amongst everything else. Cause you're thinking critically and you're dealing with stuff and then you're going home and it's like, Oh my God, I'm just, I'm just burnt out every day. Like your mind just, you know, cause I mean, you're, you're giving all, you're all to so many things that your brain at a certain point is just shot. So that's, that's kind of the, it's kind of the transition and it's difficult, but like you said, it's like, can you build up systems and can you build up leverage where you're not putting your family at a disadvantage? And a lot of people, like you might have to give up your TV, you might have to give up your video games or, you know, like I, I love golfing, but I didn't play golf for like seven years. Uh, I'm starting to play a little bit more, but this is because I found a little bit better balance, but I had to disproportionately do a lot of stuff before I could come back and, you know, do things. And it's just the work you have to put in, which you do the best you can, you know, like I say, sure. you say, you hope that you're doing the best you can. But I think a lot of us, especially when you have kids, like ultimately if you have a family, you know, spouse, kids, like that ends up being your main priority and you do a lot. When you had your first kid, I'm sure your priorities changed overnight. Like of what you had. Yeah. To fit, like, yeah. I mean, I, there's a big age gap between my kids. Uh, my daughter, Eden, she's 18 and going to, Oh Plum. wow. Yeah. And she's uh, just started Plasper state. Well, I did not know that. But yeah. There you go. And, uh, my son's eight. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so, but he's a funny little guy. <laughs> gonna say chip off the old block. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you a quick funny story about him that uh, he had this like geography test, and uh, he got like a fifty on it. He's like, he's, you gotta sign this, Dad, or I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm like, what do you mean get in trouble? How are you gonna get in trouble? I was like, I'll sign it. She's, he's like, well, they didn't let me off for recess because I was supposed to have it signed. I was like, you tell them. I was like. Serial killer and murderers and and all these bad guys get wreck time. They better to give you some wreck time too. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, Have you ever seen, um, Boss Baby? Yes. Have you seen Boss Baby too? No. So Boss Baby, I love Boss Baby, and yeah. again, this is my dad coming out of me. But so Boss Baby two comes out, and they end up like breaking in, not breaking in. They like, kind of do. They break into like the school, mm-hmm. and they be, pretend they're students at the school for babies or whatever. And like they go through one scene and it's like the playground, but it's like a prison yard. Like yeah. Some of the guys, some of the characters. <laughs> so that's just what it made me remind me of. Like these, like these, it's just, it's just, it's pretty funny. It's like a good yeah. little scene that if you have kids or were a CEO at some point, I'm sure it, it resonates pretty good. But, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, well, that's different too. Like I said, you had, um, I mean, yeah, your daughter being 18. So obviously you've been a dad for many, many years at this point. Yeah. So, um, but it, I think, I think at the end of the day too, like it's it, like you said, your son's proud to wear your, your you know, the, the swag of the company and you know, he's, he's, I think, and who knows, maybe that's going to be one of your succession plans if he's something that he likes doing. Yeah. Um, 
he might have to change the name to what GB, but that's uh, <laughs> he says it all the time. <laughs> yeah, GB Electric, yeah, <laughs> CB and GB, but um, yeah. I guess C and G Electric might work. Yeah, maybe eventually we'll see. Yeah. See what the LLC at that point is. Whatever you switch <laughs> it over, but um, no, I think it's all cool. I think um, I think that's like why we do a lot of what we do, and I, I think for me, it's really the idea of don't lose focus on like what's the biggest priorities in life. Like business is important. Obviously it's how you do stuff, but it's not necessarily the, the end of the day, it's not going to be like what you're really remembered for. And, and so I've right. tried to really put it in perspective of the family and try to, to limit like perfect example. When you said like, Hey, you're going to that thing tonight. I'm like, Nope. I, a couple years ago, I would have, I'm actually going home so I can hang out with my kids and, right. you know, and that's, and that's just stuff you do. Like I'm, I don't go to as many events as I used to, but it's all, it's all choices you make, but it's like you prioritize. I'm just, I'm just building it right now. You know what I mean? Like, like and I you said, need I just, to. I just yeah. left. Yeah. Like two weeks ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, so <laughs> I need to get as much business as I can. Like I left an eighty thousand dollar a year job. You know what I mean? So well, <clears throat> and also, but if you tack it in there, it's like something like a networking event, especially for you, makes way more sense because you can go to an event like that for an hour and a half, two hours, and mm-hmm. you can talk to. 30 people for sure you're not going to replicate that and like even you and i talking we've been on for about an hour and a half one person you know so it's one to one now granted the good thing is it's leverage it goes out to more people after the fact so right. people get it secondhand but if you go to a networking event that's like that's always like so something like this podcasting or something where you can go on and get the residual aspect of the 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 audience of whatever that person is but if you go also to a space where like you one-on-one can have conversations with people in this case, like, you know, there's probably gonna be, you know, a couple hundred people there. But even if you talk to 15 people, that's a mm-hmm. great use of a couple hours. Um, so that stuff makes sense, you right. know, and I think when people start out, when you have like the work and family, it's like they allow, you know, the, the, I'm going to call less important things in life take in like, Hey, I'm going to stay up late and too, too late and watch, you know, the sports game, or I'm going to go, you know, play video games or just, you know, all the stuff that people do that it's like, do you really need to do that? Because right. like you got to, especially when you're starting out, it's like all that extra free time has to go into building the business too. Like you said, follow that, that, uh, you know, get, get to the point basically where that leverages you out. So you're not having to spend 60 hours a week in the business. Right. And, and you will get there. Everybody does as long as you stay disciplined mm-hmm. on it. But it's like that disproportionate upfront time will get, will handsomely reward you in the back end. For so. sure. Um, so what's your, now that you're, I mean, and again, I don't think I told it, but you started in 2019. So this mm-hmm. is really like about, uh, well, it just hit three years. Um, what's your hope over the next few years as to what you think you could get this to or where you want to get it to? So like I was touching on a little earlier was, uh, I would like to have CB electric and handyman businesses throughout the County, mm-hmm. whether, uh, it's in Malone. I like to put one in Glen Falls, Queensbury area, and uh, you know, just make it a, a bigger thing. You know, that's I eventually want to start taking my business and start buying real estate property, mm-hmm. and uh, that's my goal for the next five years. Uh, what about property managing? Have you done that? Would that yeah, be something? Yeah, that would be something I'd be interested in. Yeah, you know, there's some some properties now that I'm pretty much already doing that, but yeah, I always find there's a need for that too. <clears throat> Because yep. not everybody wants to take it on, and some people are like, "Hey, just do it for my friends," or I, you know, and some people are just like, "I only do units of X or more," because they they have a, like the more of a real, you know, kind of a full time business mm-hmm. with it. But um, I think there's always stuff you can do, and I think a lot of it's just keep your eyes open and, like you said, make connections, figure out. I mean, doors open when you 
you know, activity breeds activity. So the more you do, the more things are going to happen. It's like, you just got to call it like stirring the pot or, or, uh, um, I, well, I call it stirring the pot or being in the mix. Like you right. just gotta, you just gotta be there. Like going to the chamber, going to ADKYP, just getting to know people, things, doors open. Well, so. I thought about being a real estate agent as well mm-hmm. and get my license for it. Um, just to put that underneath if I want to buy properties and yeah. you know, I mean, being a property manager and everything like that. Well, I know. think, I think a lot of, I, I feel like you need your, I haven't dove into this well enough, but I feel like if you're doing property managing at a certain level, you need to have your license. I think there's something that came out yeah, with that. I was reading something on it, something about like 80 units. If it's more than 80 units, is it or something, 80? I th- something it like could, that. it could, I could be, be I don't, I don't you know, know what I mean. But yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know the laws myself, but I feel like, um, cause I had looked into it at one point, not for myself to do it. I don't, I don't really want to do that, but to look into like getting people, but then I had heard that. So I'm like, okay, well if that, that limits the amount of people that can actually do property mm-hmm. managing. So, um, but I know, like, I don't know how well that's enforced because I know people that do it that aren't licensed right. that just you do it on the side. Someone has a couple, you know, 20 units and they do the 20 units. And I think the big thing is that if you go to court, you know what I mean? Like after yeah. an eviction or something like that. that- yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's something to look into. I mean, I've, I've had people ask me about it and talk to me about it, and I just, you know, I, I kind of know, but it's like anything else. Do your homework before you, you, you know, commit to doing something or a business plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, crap, I got to take this, like, year course or something like that. So, um, but Cliff, we're, we'll uh, we'll wrap up there. Um, but if people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Where can they uh, locate your TikTok videos and everything else? Yeah, they can um, go on my social media page and uh, Facebook under CB Electric and Handyman Services. Um, you should be able to type in CB Electric. It'll come up. Uh, CB Electric 87 on TikTok. Um, and uh, you can go to my... Send me an email at cb.electric.handyman at gmail.com. And uh, if you have any questions, give me a call. 518-536-1221. And I was going to say, what's the easiest way to reach out to you? Uh, or your e- most preferred method? Email or Facebook. Either one? Yeah, texting. Yeah. Those are, those are the top three. No, that, that works out good. So, uh, well, Cliff, this was great. Um, again, guys, if you can check them out, I've seen your truck driving around a little bit. It's kind of a black and yellow. Oh, the truck's what, gray? Yeah. But you, like your, your logo's black and yellow, so there's some... Uh, yeah. Isn't that a... It's like black and yellow. I was going to say, I was like a song. I was like, isn't that Wiz Khalifa? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you, might, you might be banging out uh, some Wiz Khalifa tunes on the way. But uh, yeah, check, check them out. Uh, Cliff Berg again, um, CB Electric and Handyman Services. Um you know, put some contact information on the show notes, but Cliff always, uh, you know, like I said, I like, I like having new people on and getting to know their business and, uh, picking brains of people that know way more than me about their topic. So, um, and I hope you, uh, I know it's not winning big tonight, but hopefully you do well tonight at the auction and get some uh, good stuff or yeah. meet some good contacts for you. For sure. So cool. All right. That's episode, uh, 210 of the Galen Trombley show. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.